How does Jesus feel about you when you're messing up and struggling? How does Jesus feel about you when you're messing up and you're struggling? Well, how you answer that question is critical in whether you draw near or draw away from Jesus just in the moments when you need him most. And over the years, I've noticed a few things happening. Uh, It happens sometimes in my own life, and I've certainly noticed it in, in others around me. And it goes something like this. I've really messed up, so I'm a bit too disgusting for Jesus. So, like, I'll just kind of slide away from his people. I'll just slide away from him. And sometimes we think like that because we're in a place of sort of shame and we feel embarrassed. And sometimes it's just that we don't really actually want to like feel God's loving challenge on our lives. So we just kind of drift from him. And just at that moment when we need him the most in the midst of our struggle, we turn away from him. In our passage tonight, I want to suggest that it gives us a little bit of a formula to actually help us turn towards him when we're in that place of struggle, we're feeling a mess. And hopefully that formula will come up on the screen in a minute for us. And it goes something like this. It goes, knowing Jesus sympathize with us and knowing Jesus is gentle with us will equal us trusting Jesus with our mess. So if we really know those two things, we'll be enabled to begin to trust Jesus with our mess. And so hopefully at that moment when we might be tempted to go away from him, we might actually draw towards him. Now we're in the book of Hebrews at the moment, and what we've been doing as we've been traveling through this book is looking at all the ways in which we are called to respond to Jesus because of what he has done for us. But tonight we're going to focus a little bit on Jesus's intentionality towards us, how Jesus responds towards us. But we need to be really clear that that response to us is different depending on how we are towards him. So, we do need to turn towards Jesus if we're to face his lamb-like tenderness. If we never take our mess to Jesus, if we stay turned away from him, then we will experience his lion-like judgment. And you see, the determining factor of how Jesus is towards us is not how big or small our mess is. It's about whether we've turned towards him with that mess or we've turned our back on him. And you see, the book of Hebrews is really a book of warning because it's saying, guys, don't turn your back on this Jesus. He's amazing. He's the best thing ever. He's just like, don't. There's just nothing that can compare to Jesus. There's no one, nothing else in the world. Nothing can offer you anything greater. So don't drift from him. And so it has these big kind of call outs to us. It sort of says, don't turn away from your faith. Stand firm in it. Be obedient to Jesus. It says things like, don't stop meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. 
And it says in chapter 6, verse 1, it says this, Surely we don't need to explain again the importance of repenting of evil and placing our faith in God. It's a book of warning, reminding us, repent, put your faith in God, keep going, don't drift from him. It's a serious book because drifting from Jesus is hugely dangerous. And in that moment when we're struggling with our mess, if we decide for whatever reason that we can't take that to Jesus, then we're going to begin to drift from him. And so let's just dive into this passage, because if we can really know these things in our heads and our hearts tonight, then hopefully when we're feeling in that mess and that struggle, we can just take it right to him confidently. And so let's have a look. In uh, verse 14 of chapter 4, we're told to hold fast to our faith. And in verse 16, to confidently approach God for help because, because of what it says in verse 15. And it says this. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, and yet he did not sin. You see, when we're faced with temptations, when sin is calling us, Jesus actually understands what that's like. He sympathizes with us. We have a bit of a tendency to think that Jesus is close to us only in those moments when life is going really well. But actually, this verse says something completely different. It says Jesus is super close to us when we feel weak. My notes have all got in a muddle here. Can't do this subtly. (laughs) Um, In that moment when we are just completely weak, it's then that Jesus sympathizes deeply with us. I wonder if um, you just try this out sometime. Ask, kind of go to any parent and ask them this question. How do you feel when your kid's upset? You know, if your kid comes running to their their mum and sort of says, mum, I've got no friends. Or um, I hit Bob in the play part today because he wouldn't let me join in his game. You ask the parent how they feel. They feel totally pained. They are joined with their child in the child's suffering. It absorbs into them. So much so with Jesus, who is the best parent we can ever have and our best friend. He's drawn towards us in our place of distress, not away from us. And I wonder if you've ever thought that in your messiest moment, that Jesus might actually be closer to you. You see, Jesus lived on the earth and he went about and had to deal with all the same stuff that we do. He had to deal with pimples. He had to deal with um, not having friends. He had to deal with being lonely and sad. He had to knew what it was like to be thirsty, to be hungry, um, to be abandoned, to feel shame, to be rejected, to feel embarrassment, to be tortured, to be misunderstood, just to mention, you know, a few of life's challenges. But Jesus faced everything. He was tested or tempted in every way that we are, in every respect, Jesus experienced what we do. And so right in the moment when we want to throw in the towel, when we're struggling the most, when we're tempted the most, we do have a friend in Jesus 
who will not abandon us and knows what it's like. And you see, our struggles draw out a real depth of great feeling in Jesus' heart towards us. Now, of course, Jesus didn't sin, so that means that he is different to us. But that's actually good news. And it's good news for two reasons. Firstly, Jesus knew the depth of temptation more than any of us do. Because right at that moment when we throw our towel in and do mess up and sin was when Jesus didn't and he kept going, which meant he experienced a greater force of temptation and struggle than we have ever wrestled with. He really knows what it is like. The second thing is that he is our sinless high priest. He doesn't need us to rescue him, but he can actually come and rescue us. He knows how to rescue us from mess and struggle. And that's why we can go to him in our time of need to receive mercy and grace. As we uh, move now into chapter 5, the verses are talking about priests and how priests at the time had to bring sacrifices for their own sins as well as the people. Um, But as we know, as we've been looking at Hebrews, Hebrews is um, at great pains to tell us that Jesus is the ultimate priest. Jesus is the greatest high priest. Jesus is the perfect priest. And in verse 2 of chapter 5, we're told that the priest deals gently with the ignorant and wayward. So we've seen that Jesus sympathizes, and now here we see that Jesus deals gently with. You know, in the four Gospels, there's only one place where Jesus tells us about his heart. And he says this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. He says, I am gentle and lowly in heart. Jesus is gentle. And so not only does Jesus sympathize with us, but he deals with us gently. And on the screen, I'm hopefully going to have um, the Greek of the verses in uh, four, chapter 4, 15 and 5, verse 2. And as you look at this on the slide, you'll notice how um, in the word sympathizing and the word dealing gently, there's a bit of a word that's the same. And that bit of the word that's the same has the essence of either sort of being passionate or co-suffering with. And what it's um, kind of emphasizing is that Jesus' sympathy or Jesus dealing with us gently isn't just a little thing, but it's a hugely passionate, involved thing. And so Jesus doesn't just give up on sinners. He's really passionately after dealing with them gently when they turn, when we turn to him. And so how does Jesus feel about you when you're messing up, when you're in the depths of your struggle? Well, I'll tell you, he feels huge sympathy for you and he wants to deal with you gently. Isn't that great news? And if we just had that in our heads more than the idea that, I don't know, he wants to tell us off, then maybe we'd turn to him quicker in our time of need. And so I pray tonight that we'll get this into our heads and our hearts. And 
As I was thinking about this series, I was drawn to a really beautiful book, um, which was just uh, timely, and it's called Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. And I'm going to just read a really tiny bit, and hopefully that will come off on the screens as well. And if you've not got a book to read at the moment, um, I recommend perhaps trying this one out. And you need a book over Lent, then you might want to consider getting hold of it. Uh, he says this about the passage. Consider what all this means. When we sin, we are encouraged to bring our mess to Jesus because he will know just how to receive us. He doesn't handle us roughly. He doesn't scold and scowl. He doesn't lash out the way many of our parents did. And in all this restraint on his part is not because he has a diluted view of our sinfulness. He knows our sinfulness far more deeply than we do. Indeed, we are aware of just the tip of the iceberg of our depravity, even in our most searching moments of self-knowledge. His restraint simply flows from his tender heart for his people. The book of Hebrews is not just telling us that instead of scolding us, Jesus loves us. It's telling us the kind of love he has. Rather than dispensing grace to us from on high, he gets down with us. He puts his arm around us. He deals with us in the way that is just what we need. He deals with us gently. And so I encourage you tonight to follow the formula, to know that Jesus sympathizes with you. And to know that Jesus will deal with you gently. For if you know those things, you ask the Holy Spirit to write them on your head and your heart, you'll be far more likely to turn towards Jesus with your mess than away from him. And as you turn towards him, you will feel the full force of his tenderness towards you. And if you don't, well, the warnings there in Hebrew... There's a lion-like side of Jesus. He needs to take you and deal with you. And of course, I couldn't personally read this passage without thinking back to a story Jesus told. And I finish with this. Jesus told a story of a master who had a servant who had lots of debt. And the master really kindly uh, forgave the servant and freed him from his debts. And when that servant then went out into the world, he found someone who owed him money. And instead of treating him with the same kindness he had received, he treated him badly. When the master heard about this, he was cross. Because of course, if Jesus is going to treat us with sympathy and with gentleness then of course we too are to take that out with us into all our interactions in the world. And so I pray tonight, not just for our sake, but for the world's sake too, that we'll write this formula on our heads and our hearts, that we'll take it in and receive this wonderful news.